It's great to be here with you uh, for our Friday communion service. I'm Emily and I'm on the staff team here at Christchurch W4. Let's say a quick prayer um, and then we'll jump into the passage. Father, would you um, speak your word through me and would you open our hearts and our ears to listen to what you have to say. Amen. Recently, um, I've begun the discernment process to test out my calling for becoming a vicar in the Church of England, and I'm very early on in that process. Um, But the main part um, has been answering a lot of questions, um, both on my personal history, my spiritual life, um, and the six selection criteria, which are kind of a priest's job description, if you will. There's been one question that has stuck out to me um, and made me think a lot more than the others. What does the Eucharist mean to you? When it comes to communion um, and many of our acts of worship, we often know what to expect and it can be easy to go through the motions without thinking about what we're doing or what it really means. We gather here every Friday follow our written liturgy, sing a hymn beautifully played on the organ by JC, gather around the dais, take communion, sit down, have a final blessing, and then go and enjoy a lovely lunch cooked for us by Jenny and Swapna. But what does the Eucharist mean to you? I think in some ways Paul is asking a similar question to the Corinthians. What does taking the bread and wine mean to you, Corinth? If it's really anything of importance, why do you take part in both the Lord's table and eat at the table of demons? Why is the Eucharist important? Well, on one hand, it helps us to remember that Jesus died for us. It helps us to remember the last supper that he had with his disciples. It helps us to remember what he has done for us. But not only does it help us remember, it helps us partake spiritually in the death and resurrection of Jesus. In verse 18, Paul refers to the Israelites. When the people of Israel ate the sacrificed offerings at the altar, they became participants in the altar. They shared in the benefits of what had happened because of the sacrifice. On the altar, God forgave their sin, removed guilt, and made peace with his people. To be a participant in the altar meant sharing in those blessings. The same kind of thing happens when we take the bread and wine. We are sharing in the blessing that comes through the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, the body and blood of Jesus, which he willingly sacrificed for us on the cross. We're not only remembering what he has done for us, but we're coming to his altar to be nourished spiritually. We partake in the altar, which means we share in the blessings the forgiveness of sins, the removal of guilt, the peace and intimacy with God, and newness of life. 
But communion isn't just a religious ritual that means that we can act however we want and serve whoever we please when we leave, thinking we can just come back for a bit more forgiveness later and how we live when we're outside doesn't matter. When we take the bread and wine with a heart of thanksgiving, it becomes a participation in the body and blood of Jesus that develops a deep desire to live for him and not settle for the idols of this world. What does the Eucharist mean to you? When we take communion, we are receiving the forgiveness of sins, the removal of guilt, and the peace with God that makes it possible to have an intimate relationship with him. An intimate relationship with a God who loves us, who cares for us, who provides for us. Why then would we want to go and sit at the table with demons? When Paul is writing to the Corinthians, he's talking about um, them taking actual sacrifices being offered to statues of false gods and idols. We don't really have these kinds of idols or find ourselves in these situations in our day-to-day lives, as the Corinthians did. Although I did find myself in a Hindu temple being offered a banana that had been offered to a Hindu god during one of their um, acts of worship a few weeks ago. But that's, I think, a different story. (laughs) It's not a situation that we find ourselves in every day. But we are surrounded by things that can become idols or masters in our lives. Things, people, maybe ideas, that are getting in the way of our relationship with God, that become number one in our lives. Maybe it's money, maybe it's food, celebrity culture. Trusting in anything for what God alone provides is idolatry. Those symbols of power, pleasure, and prestige that we so highly regard. What or who will be the master of your life once you've shared in the blessings of Jesus' sacrifice today? Or when you wake up tomorrow? Or next time you take part in the Eucharist? We can't have it both ways. We can't come to celebrate communion together as one body with our international brothers and sisters, receiving the forgiveness of sins, removal of guilt, and the peace and intimacy with God, and then as soon as we leave, take up the altar of other idols and masters. Jesus wants us all or nothing. He doesn't want us to go through the motions and leave an encounter with him unchanged. Every time we meet with God, we should be changed. We should leave having shared in the blessings and with a deeper desire to live for him, not to settle for the idols of this world. What does the Eucharist mean to you? As we continue with our service, our spoken worship, and move into communion, think about what you, what we together are doing. 
we're not just remembering that Jesus died and rose again for us. We are partaking in the blessings of the death and resurrection. We are partaking in the new life that comes from the death and resurrection. Take this bread and eat it with a heart of thanksgiving and receive the blessings from Christ. In our 10.30 communion services, we say the most beautiful prayer of humble access, and I'd like to finish with that today. Come to this table, not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come not because you are worthy to approach him, but because he died for sinners. Come because he loves you and he gave his life for you. Amen.